Life Audio. When I was a young believer and I was learning about the spiritual gifts without even knowing what they were really, I remember saying to somebody, I think my spiritual gift is my mouth. And they said, you know, I don't think that's one of them. But what I've learned over the years is that God can use my mouth to bless people and to speak words of encouragement or I can use my mouth in the flesh to really tear people down. And I think what I've learned over the years is that there's this process of surrendering my mouth and even beyond that, my heart, the heart behind my mouth to the Lord. And so that's kind of what we're talking about today is David's prayer where he's asking God to take control of his mouth. And I think if we're honest, we've all been there at least a time or two. So we're going to talk about that more today. Stay tuned. Hey friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? And how do you know the difference? Do you ever struggle to feel confident in your relationship with God and what He says in His Word? Do you sometimes feel stagnant or like maybe you hit a wall in your spiritual life? Hey, I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, missionary, author, pastor, and life coach, and I have been there. I too was doubting God's voice in my own life. I felt insecure about my relationship with him, and I wanted to be obedient to what God was calling me to do, but I wasn't quite sure how to figure out what that was. I felt like I was wasting time trying to figure it out, and I just wanted a way to understand his will for my life. The answer for me was found in the pages of the scriptures, as I learned how to understand what they were actually saying. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. Today we are continuing our reading through the Psalms, and I don't know if you've noticed, but we only have about 10 Psalms left, and we're starting to wind down. And honestly, I'm getting a couple emails almost every day of people asking, what's next? What are we doing next? And I've prayed a lot about this, and I actually think what we're going to do is we're going to take about six weeks to replay the She Hears Bible Study content. And the reason why I'm doing that is if I look at my daily downloads, there's about 20,000 listeners a day to our to the podcast right now. And if I look back at that content, at that time, there was only about 300 listeners a day. So what that tells me is the majority of you don't know that material, you haven't listened to that material. And I think it is foundational to the way that I teach, to the way that I understand scripture, to the resources. You know, at the beginning of the show, I talk about really having this understanding of God revealing to me through the pages of the scriptures how to hear his voice. And I wrote the She Hears Bible study really to speak to that exact issue. And so for the beginning part of the summer, we're going to go through that content again, and I'm going to be doing a little bit of an online Bible study with you. It's going to continue to be a five-day-a-week Bible study devotional type podcast, but we're going to be looking at six women in the life of Jesus, how he encourages them, how he equips them, how he empowers them. And if you are one of my male listeners, I would encourage you to continue to listen to that because we know that all of scripture is relevant for teaching, and whether you're male, female, young, or old, I think there's so much value in understanding some of these conversations Jesus had with different women. It might just change your perspective on things a little bit. 
And so I'm telling you that now in case you don't have a copy of the She Hears Bible Study and you'd like to get that. If you want to, you can go to shehears.org and go to the resources section or you can pick up a copy of the Bible Study. Now I will tell you, I have it for sale as individual Bible Study copies, but then I also have it for sale as a bundle because one of the things we do in that Bible Study is teach you the color method of Bible Study. And the goal of that is to help you have a really easy way to understand and read your Bible long after after the study's done. And so part of the color method is I go through six different colors and help you understand how to look for different things in scripture. So in the bundle, you get the book of John devotional journal so that you don't have to write in your Bible if you don't want to. You get those colors that you're going to need for the color method. And then, of course, you get the Bible study itself. So it's up to you. You can also get that at your local Christian bookstore or anywhere books are sold. So getting back to the Psalm study. Again, we're reading through one psalm a day, really in an effort to understand this hymn book and prayer book of Jesus. And so today we're reading through Psalm 141, which is a psalm of David. Today I'm reading through the NIV, starting at verse 1 of Psalm 141. I call to you, Lord, come quickly to me. Hear me when I call to you. May my prayer be set before you like incense. May the lifting of my hands be like the evening sacrifice. Set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Do not let my heart be drawn to what is evil, so that I take part in wicked deeds, along with those who are evildoers. Do not let me eat their delicacies. Let a righteous man strike me, that is a kindness. Let him rebuke me, that is oil on my head. My head will not refuse it, for my prayer will still be against the deeds of the evildoers. Their rulers will be thrown down from the cliffs, and the wicked will learn that my words were well spoken. They will say, as one plows and breaks up the earth, so our bones have been scattered at the mouth of the grave. But my eyes are fixed on you, sovereign Lord. In you I take refuge. Do not give me over to death. Keep me safe from the traps set by evildoers, from the snares they have laid for me. Let the wicked fall into their own nets while I pass by in safety." So as we read through Psalm 141, it may sound a little bit familiar to you because there's a lot of connections. If you've read the Proverbs, there's a lot of connections between this psalm and some of the language in the various wisdom literature, particularly the book of Proverbs. And so this psalm is, is considered an individual lament, which we know about the lament psalms is David essentially pouring out his heart to the Lord and complaining about his situation. And in this psalm, David is, yes, he is asking for the destruction of, of these wicked people who are pressing in on him, but he's also asking God to regulate his words, his mouth. And then of course he affirms this devotion that he has to God. The Psalm opens up with this sense of urgency where David is saying, okay, come quickly to me. He's pleading with God and he's asking God through prayer to quickly answer him. And I think we've all been there at one point or another. There's been something pressing in or pressing down on us and we want relief from that right away. That's the emotion that this Psalm is starting off with. And then he talks about the desire that his prayer would be like incense before God. And he talks about the evening sacrifice. That helps us to understand that perhaps the evening time is when what the setting is for this psalm that he, as he's writing. And then his posture of prayer 
we know that the posture of his prayer as he's praying this would be for him to be lifting his hands up towards the heavens, up to towards God. And he's expressing his openness to him because of the way that the incense and the evening sacrifice would have been done. That comes from this world of the formal worship, which we know David would have been involved in the formal worship at the temple. And so that's what he's talking about, talking about the incense and like the evening sacrifice, his hands would have been raised. And that's the primary setting that we're going to understand the psalm to be from. Probably what was happening was David was in the temple in the evening. And just like he would have given the incense at the altar or the evening sacrifice would have been going on at the temple. That's the position of his heart where he's saying, okay, come, come quickly, Lord. And so we have this opening picture of David asking God to come quickly, his hands raised And I think that posture in some ways means surrender. If I think about my own life, when I've been in a place of desperate prayer, where I've been, you know, my eyes up towards the heavens, my hands raised, my my plea to God is come quickly, please God, that pleading, that's the sense, the spirit that David is writing this in. And then he goes on in verse three and four, which this is the part that I think really resonates with me in this psalm, where he's asking God to guard not just his mouth, but his mouth and his heart. So in this first part, instead of asking God to take war action against his enemies, first what he's doing is he's asking God to keep him from sinning with his speech. And he wants God to place a guard that will keep him from saying inappropriate things and for allowing those words to even pass through his lips. And I honestly, I really give David a lot of props here because if I think through times where I've, something's been pressing in or pressing down on me, if I'm honest, I want to cuss them out. (laughs) I mean, in my flesh, not that I ever would in, at least in public, so you guys could hear me, but I, you know, that's what goes through my heart. And so it's not just a matter of guarding my mouth to not say those things, but then I have to ask God to guard my heart. So I won't even think those things because in my flesh, in my anger, in my frustration, in my desperation, that's where, that's where we go. And I think I I want to make this clear That's why we need Jesus. That's why we need a relationship with God. Because left to our own selves, left to our flesh, that's where our heart will go. That's where our words will go. It's only through the power of the Holy Spirit that we have any hope for controlling any of that. And so I love that this is this picture that we see from David. He's he's frustrated. He's asking God to come and he's reconciling the desire of his heart, which is to really say some inappropriate things. And he's asking God, okay, can take control of my heart, take control of my mind. And if we're honest, I think we've all been there. At least I know I've been there. Maybe you haven't been there. But, you know, especially when somebody comes after one of my kids, you know, the mama bear in me wants to rise up and I have to say, okay, Lord, you got to take hold of this lips and even this heart and this mouth because my goodness the 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 mama bear me the mama bear me wants to reach out and uh you know help somebody come to jesus okay we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we'll continue talking about this psalm stay tuned you know when we're talking about our lips or our words what comes out of our mouths i think there's a connection here that i want to make sure that we don't miss what comes out of our mouths is a representation of what's in our heart. And so when you have walked with the Lord for a while, you know that 
If your heart isn't evil, evil things are not going to come out of it. If your heart is good, good things are going to come out of it. And of course, we all have those moments of sin where the stuff that would be coming out of our mouth, if it's a reflection of what's in our heart, is going to be bad. And so I love that aspect of it where David recognizes this and he's asking God not just to control his mouth, but to control his heart. And if I think about my own life in situations where there's been a, a something that's stressful going on, whether it was a relationship issue, a friendship issue, a work issue, whatever it was, financial issue, whatever it is. There is, I think, the initial shock of that, which I tend to respond in anger or frustration. And I have to pray, okay, Lord, get a hold of my heart. So I don't say something I, I regret. But then I think the deeper issue is once I've kind of let that sink in, um, it's like a switch that happens where I start thinking, you know, after I've prayed that prayer, I start thinking through the mind of Christ and how would God have me respond? And I think it's important to recognize that we see this in the scriptures. That's a very human, normal, emotional trajectory of how things happen. And I want to make sure that you don't have guilt or shame about those things. When those things happen, it use it as an opportunity to drive you back to Jesus because that's how we get through those things. That's how we process those things. And he knows, he knows our hearts. He knows our minds. He knows that we're human. That's why we had to have Jesus die on the cross in the first place, because we have this sinful nature that we tend to operate in, but we can submit that to, to Christ and then have the mind of Christ in how we deal with things. And so I just want to point that out. If you are feeling maybe some sort of way because you tend to fly off the handle or have this emotional reaction, I think there's an opportunity there to surrender that to Christ and to see yourself grow in that process. I mean, obviously David even struggled with this. So going down to verse five, it talks about the discipline of the righteous. And so another important teaching that we get from the book of Proverbs, which is, of course, the wisdom literature that I was referring to, is there is this powerful example for us that we need to learn how to accept correction and even criticism sometimes. We see that in Proverbs chapter 10, in chapter 12, in chapter 29. We even see that in Hebrews. And so sometimes that puts us in a place of having to deal with discipline, which can be very uncomfortable. But the wisdom here, the discipline of the righteous, the wisdom here is that there's this understanding that you have to grow in wisdom. And one of the ways that we do that is by accepting the discipline or the rebuke of another person. I think we do have to be careful in that regard because this doesn't just say the discipline. It says the discipline of the righteous. If we are listening to the critique of the world, that's something different. I think the discipline of the righteous means who is it that is in your life that is farther down the road than you are, that has a heart for the Lord, that listens to God's voice, that can speak into that space. Because I think there have been times in my life where I've had somebody like a mentor or another pastor or somebody else in ministry that's farther down the road. I have a, a dear friend that's that's a mentor to me and he will say things to me and I can receive it so much better from him. It may sting, but I know that he's saying it in love and he's saying it because he has my best interest at heart. That's a lot different than just the criticism that comes from the world. And so be careful of where that input is coming from. I just want to give that little bit of caution that the discipline should be coming from, from a righteous. There should be somebody in your life that can hold you accountable or even correct you if you're wrong. 
And then it goes on in verse six and seven, and it talks about the punishment of the wicked. And so again, he's not, David is not calling on God to destroy these wicked people. Instead, he confidently states that they're going to meet a violent end. And so there's this understanding, this confidence that we've seen in these last couple of chapters with David, that there's this confidence that he knows that God is going to intervene on his behalf. I love that we see David's heart in this passage where he's praying that God will keep his speech pure and that there would be a destruction of the wicked, but there's a confidence in knowing that God is going to intervene. And so while this is a lament psalm, this would be considered a lament psalm, it also is a testimony to the relationship that David has with God, where he can complain to God because he is confident in his relationship with God. I love that aspect. So given that insight, I'm going to go back ahead and read starting from verse one again. Psalm 141, I call to you, Lord, come quickly to me. Hear me when I call to you. May my prayer be set before you like incense. May the lifting of my hands be like the evening sacrifice. Set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Do not let my heart be drawn to what is evil so that I take part in wicked deeds. Along with those who are evildoers, do not let me eat their delicacies. Let a righteous man strike me. That is a kindness. Let him rebuke me. That is oil on my head. My head will not refuse it, for my prayer will still be against the deeds of evildoers. Their rulers will be thrown down from the cliffs, and the wicked will learn that my words were well spoken. They will say, as one plows and breaks up the earth, so our bones will have been scattered at the mouth of the grave. But my eyes are fixed on you, sovereign Lord. In you I take refuge. Do not give me over to death. Keep me safe from the traps set by evildoers, from the snares they have laid for me. Let the wicked fall into their own nets while I pass by in safety." Father God, we thank you for this word. We thank you for the example we see in David that um, there are inevitably going to be situations that provoke us to anger, Lord God, but help us to turn to you in those moments and surrender not just our mouths to you, but our hearts, Lord. We thank you for the relationship we have with you, where we know that we can trust you. You are trustworthy with our heart, our mind, our mouths, our actions. And Lord, I pray for my friend right now that may even be struggling with this, Lord God. Help them reveal to them who they can go to in their lives, who would be that righteous person that could help hold them accountable so that they could receive instruction and discipline and perhaps even punishment if they need it, Lord God. We thank you that you give us the body of Christ to hold each other accountable. I pray a blessing over them and their family today. In Jesus' name, amen. I know you've been frustrated with being confident in how to tell the difference between hearing from God and wondering if it's your own voice. Listen, I know, I've been there myself. That's why I wrote the Bible study, She Hears, Learning to Listen to Jesus. This is a six-week study that takes you through the book of John, looking at six women in the life of Jesus. It also teaches the color method of Bible study, which helps you to learn how to really understand the scriptures. I include lots of cultural and historical information, and it really makes these familiar passages of scripture just come alive. This is a great study to do on your own, to do with some girlfriends or even some teenage girls, and it will help you really gain the confidence in how to hear from the Lord and set you up with some tools that will stay with you long after the study is over. You can find that on my resources page at shehears.org, where there are also some really good resources to help you in your spiritual growth. I pray that they are a blessing for you. 
I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call in your life, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you this week. Know that you are loved, you are cherished, and you are His.